Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We always go back to our John 8 passage, Jesus speaking when he said, If you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth you know by abiding in my word will set you free if you abide in my word you'll know the truth and the truth will set you internally free so you'll become internally free by the truth which comes by abiding in my word are you getting it abiding in his word so we uh, talked about the fact that all of us have internal bondage, that they're deep internal bastions or strongholds to differing degrees in all of us where we're not truly, internally, totally free. And so we ask ourselves this question, well, how do we get there? And so we, went go, we go back to the beginning because all of our spiritual DNA before we were born again and got the DNA of the Spirit of God, it is the Spirit that gives life, the, pre- the flesh profits nothing. But all of our spiritual DNA came from Adam and Eve and was transferred through physical birth down to us. So when you're physically born alive, you are born spiritually dead through the inheritance of your spiritual DNA from Adam. That's the reason. Until you meet the Father and until you receive the gift, until you're born again, you don't get the spiritual DNA of the life of God on the inside of you. The life of God that got unplugged when Adam and Eve decided to be sovereign or to act sovereign. And so all of us are born with some of that spiritual DNA and uh, we have to deal with it this side of heaven. And we've been talking about there's one deep taproot. It's our own unbelief. It's believing lies. And that manifests itself primarily in four different ways. In pride, that is, we choose to act like we're sovereign over our own life, Lawrence. We choose to act like we're in control. We choose to act and try to manipulate everything to our way of thinking, speaking, doing. And out of that pride, there arises almost immediately shame because we get uncovered. See, when we're not walking in partnership with God, we're more conscious of our sin than we are of our right standing. And we have shame lodged deep in the depths of our being. And out of that shame, we feel like that until we can fix it, the Father has left us. He's not there anymore. That is all based on a lie. But that shame also gives rise to fear. And fear Remember, is 
one of the four strongholds, pride, shame, fear, and anger and blame that we've been talking about, that all arise, they all start by believing lies. Let's go back in Genesis 3 and take a look here, beginning with verse 1, the serpent. Revelation reveals him, that old serpent, the devil. The New Testament brings light to the old. Was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat out of the tree, every tree, every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Understand this, that without choice there's no love. Without choice there is no love. And God, even in a perfect world, has designed and decreed, we can't consume everything. Did you know that? That's the reason you ought to tithe, because God has declared, that's mine. You can't consume that. That's mine. And if you do, there's a curse on it. Without love, there's, and without choice, there's no love. And we'll get to that in a minute because the very heart and nature of God is God is what? Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So there's a direct contradiction to the word of God. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, made her feel good, tasted good, tree desirable to make her wise, she took its fruit and ate, gave it to her husband who was with her, he ate, and the eyes of both of them were open and they were immediately understood. They knew that they were naked and that was shameful for the first time and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings and then amazing how we try to cover our shame with fig leaves when only when they left God covered them with tunics and those that had to be made out of the blood of innocent animals can I tell you something whatever you're trying to cover yourself with whether it's the fig leaf of religion or good deeds or right words or appearances, only blood can cover you. And that has been shed on your behalf. You by faith have to apply it. And they heard the sound of the Lord God, verse 8, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. And the Lord called them and said to them, Where are you? Last time when we were dealing with shame, and we've been on shame for about three weeks, and I'm not going back through all of these things that we've been covering the last several times. But the lie is that if you are struggling, that if you've disobeyed God, that if you have wandered off, if you've sinned, the lie is that God has left you. When the truth is that even in the garden, God was pursuing those who had chosen 
as an act of their will to violate Him. The lie of shame is that until you fix it, He won't have anything to do with you. The truth is, you can't fix it. The truth is, are you listening? That wherever you're broken, wherever it is that this shame is pursuing you, your Father desires and is trying to pursue and partner with you right there in that place where you're broken. He's not running from you where you're broken. He is trying to partner with you where you're broken. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if it's the shame over some past sin, if it's addiction, if, if it's relationship brokenness, if it's financial, if it has to do with personal habits or, or age or weight or look, whatever it is, your Father right now is trying to partner with you where you're broken. The lie is that He's left you and that you're on your own and you've got to fix it before He'll come back to you. The Father pursued Adam and Eve and you may say, they didn't do what I do. Adam and Eve's consequences are affecting all of us. Your, what your deal is cannot even begin to compare with the mess they made. And yet the Father was looking for them, pursuing them, wanting to get partnered back with them. But pastor, they had to leave the garden. Well, guess who left with them? The Father. You read the rest of the book of Genesis. He was still in their lives. Your father loves you with a love that won't quit. Only you can disconnect from it. The lies that somehow I, my father, has left me. Look, it feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? It feels that way. But understand this, that your feelings are subject to error and change. The truth is what God says. And the Word says that the Father was pursuing them. The Word says that the Father has made you holy and righteous and blameless in His eyes. Not on the basis of how you perform, but on the basis of what He's done for you in Christ because He loves you. Are you struggling right now? Of course you are in some way. Your father is desiring and yearning to get involved in that, and he desires for you to stop believing the lie that he's given up on you or he's waiting on you to fix it before he comes back. You can't. He loves you right where you are. He wants to get involved in that circumstance and situation of your own pain right where you are. But I want you to notice something here today, and I'm not going to be long today. I the Lord has showed me something this week I've never seen before in my entire ministry. Never 
Never have I seen it. It may not mean much to you, but it was a game changer for me. Let's go back to these scriptures we've just read. And when we see that the enemy was telling lies to Eve and Adam, and that was, you will not die. You will not surely die. And look at verse 5. God knows that in the day you eat of this fruit, the eyes of your heart will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know what the basis of that lie was? You ready? Here's level number one. The basis of that lie was your father, God doesn't want the best for you. He's withholding something from you. He knows that if you get this, you'll be like him. The devil's lying to some of us here today. He's saying he doesn't really want the best for you. In fact, if you yield to him, he will withhold something that you desire, and what you got to do is make it happen yourself. The lie the enemy wants us to believe today is your father don't want the best for you. He don't want the best for you in your marriage. He doesn't want the best for you with the person you're married to. He doesn't want the best for your children. He doesn't want the best for your money and your income and your business and your health. The lie is the Father is going to withhold something from you, and you just got to go get it yourself. You got to fix your own children. You got to make your own way. Listen, in some, to some degree, whatever you're worried about today is because you're not trusting that the Father really wants the best for you. Whatever you're worried about today, you're not fully engaged in trusting that He is at work to bring about the best for you. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me the other day? When I said, Lord, show me those areas where I am acting sovereign like Adam and Eve did, he said, well, what about that anxiety you've been carrying about this issue? You're acting like you're carrying that instead of doing what I told you to do, and that is I told you, do not be anxious about anything, but instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to me. So you're still carrying that. That means you're acting sovereign in that situation. That was brutal, wasn't it? I get a lot of that. I get a lot of correction. In fact, the more I seem to listen, the more I seem to get corrected. And you know what? The more correction I get, the more revelation that how much he loves me comes. Because the word says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So if you're really struggling, dealing with your stuff today, I got to tell you some great news The good news is that your father loves you immensely and he's so proud of you for dealing with your stuff. That's the truth. Religion tells you if you got stuff, you're not right. God says if you don't think you have stuff, you ain't right. Amen. Notice the lie. God's trying to withhold something from you. But I want you to see something now. Watch this. Go back 
to chapter 1 and verse 27. I want to show you what I've never seen before. I had seen the revelation before that the lie was based in God wants to withhold something good from you. But let's go back to chapter 1. And let's look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them. In whose image? He blessed them. He gave them the power to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the rest of everything that was in their realm. But I want you to see that. God created man in his own image and likeness. In other words, God breathed into Adam and Eve the very essence of his likeness. God breathed into Adam and Eve everything that was in his DNA. That didn't mean Adam and Eve were sovereign. It means that they had dominion over their realm. Remember what we've been saying? If you lose intimacy, you lose dominion. The devil's lie was, you got to take dominion because he doesn't really want the best for you. But I want to show you something here now. Hold your place in Genesis 3 and go to 1 John 4. Hold your place in Genesis 3 and go to 1 John 4. Whose image and whose likeness did God put on the inside of Adam and Eve? Whose? There you go to 1 John 4. Verse 8. He who does not love, and that word is agape, it means he who does not have that unconditional, unrelenting love of God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is agape, unconditional, unrelenting love. God is love. So what's the image and likeness of God? What is What permeates His entire character? What is the power that flows out of God Almighty right now? God is what? Not God does. God is. His essence is that unbelieving, unrelenting love. It is His image. What was breathed into and transferred from the Creator to the creation, from the Father to his son and daughter. What was it? Everybody got it? The love of God. All right, back to Genesis 3. I want to show you this revelation now. When the serpent told Adam and Eve, you will not die. God knows in the days you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you... Are y'all listening? What was, what was the devil after? What was the devil at? What was the agenda of the devil in the garden that he is still perpetuating today? 
Right now, what is the devil's agenda against you? It comes down to one bottom line. It was to steal, to take away, and to cause to be unplugged the image of the love of God. The enemy's agenda at its very root is to steal from you the revelation of how much God loves you. That love will heal you. It'll empower you. It'll raise you up. It'll strengthen you. It'll get you up and out. The love of God is the epitome. It is the essence of His nature and character. And what the enemy was trying to do was to get Adam and Eve to disbelieve and therefore disconnect from the love of God. If he could get them to disbelieve, if he could get them to somehow believe that the Father wasn't involved and He didn't want the best for them, then He could cause them to act in their own sovereignty or attempt thereof and disconnect them from revelation of the love of God. See, if you and I had deep revelation of the love of God, we wouldn't walk in shame. And guess what else? If we had deep revelation of the love of God, we wouldn't be fearful. What did Adam say to God when God confronted him and pursued him? Pursued him. Not to beat him up or to kick him out, but pursued him. What did Adam say? I was afraid. What are you afraid of today? Dying, death, breakup, disease, disaster. Being broke. Being broken and thinking that maybe I'll never be right again. What are you afraid of today? Whatever that is, you must cry out to the Father to expose His love for you. You must cry out to the Father and say, show me those areas where I don't really believe that you're involved and that you want at the right time in the right way to deliver me from that which would destroy me. Give me revelation. Listen, whatever fear I have is a love problem. It means I don't have revelation of the love of God. Somewhere, the heart of my unbelief is a love problem. I don't really believe what my Father has said and is doing. And that lie is being perpetuated today. But notice, look in verse 8. When they heard the sound of the Lord God after they had sinned, walking in the garden, when they believed the lie and acted on the lie, Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. And God still pursued them and called. And remember what he said, I was afraid because I was ashamed. I was naked and I hid myself. 
What did we find out in Genesis 1? What did we find out? That God blessed them and gave them authority and dominion, yes or no? How many of you know when you begin to believe that your father doesn't really, hasn't told you the truth and doesn't really love you, shame and fear creep in and manifest themselves in various ways. And so what did that do? They lost their identity. God had breathed his very image and likeness in them, and here they were running around hiding like victims. Are you doing that? What are you trying to hide? What do you not want anybody, even God, what do you really are trying to hide from everybody else and from God Almighty? Do you know that he already knew, he knew it before you were ever born and chose you anyway? I want to remind you of something I said last week. Those who really love you are going to still love you. Even when they know you well. Because they don't love you on the basis of what you've done or not done. They love you on the basis of who you are. And I'll tell you something else. When people in your world are struggling and failing, now is not the time to rise up and cast stones and criticize and complain. Now is the right time to rise up and say something healing and therapeutic and comforting and encouraging. Somebody out there needs you most right now, and they are struggling. What are you going to do about it? Everybody jumps on board of those who are on top. But somebody in your world right now will listen to you, and they won't listen to anybody else, and they're struggling. Why don't you rise up and give a word of encouragement to somebody who is failing or struggling or under trial? You really find out who's really for you when you are not doing so well. Amen. That's the Father's image and likeness. That's His love. They lost their identity because they believe lies, and therefore they lost their authority, and now they were running instead of taking dominion. All because they chose to believe the lies. Hebrews 6, Hebrews eleven six 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And sooner or later, you're going to have circumstances cave in on you. And sooner or later, you're going to have to make a decision an irrevocable, authoritative decision that you choose to believe what God says in His Word about you, regardless of your present circumstances that are so overwhelming, you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you're going to believe what God says about you, whether you feel like it or not, or whether or not you're just going to give in and be like everybody else. Lose your authority. When we begin to disbelieve, what God is saying. We disconnect from our identity 
and our authority. So what's the key? Staying in intimacy with the Lord. When you've royally fouled up and you feel distant, understand this and say, you know, God, thank you that you're pursuing me regardless of how I think or feel. And so I come back to you, Lord. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. The biggest, one of the biggest challenges I have is when I see something wrong, I feel like I need to fix it. And how many of you know you can't? You've got to have partnership with the Father. If you could fix it, then you'd be sovereign. But it's time to yield and to be in partnership. That doesn't mean we do nothing. It means that we do the right thing, and that is to trust Him and to just simply take the next right step, recognizing that we're in partnership with Him. He has not left us nor forsaken us, and never will He. I want you to bow your heads right now and just have a moment of quiet before the Lord and thanking Him that He has not abandoned you. He's right there with you. He's not only with you, He's for you. And I want you to say to the Lord, God, help me not to believe the lies Adam and Eve believed. Give me revelation that even in my own fear and shame, you're pursuing me. You want to get involved with me right now. Some of you have such incredible questions as to why God has or hasn't done something. Some of you deal with crushed dreams. When your dreams are crushed, ask the Lord to give you new ones. Ask Him to redefine the dreams He has for you and and remove the clouds and make it clear what He's doing. So many times that which is most beautiful is not that which has never had any heartaches or trials or crushing. So many times that which is most beautiful is what's been beaten and stomped and crushed. But it's put a taproot in the ground and comes back up and blooms again with greater strength and greater beauty. Oh, hallelujah. What I'm praying today is that the love of God would bind strength to you. You say, Pastor, what what does the love of God have to do with strength and internal energy, everything? Because it's the image and likeness of the Father, the giver of life. Romans 5, 8 says, The love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Did you know what the next verse says? For when we were without strength, Christ died for us. Revelation of the love of God will strengthen you. Oh, love of God, how deep and strong strong 
Father, I ask you, you are the great shepherd of the sheep. I ask you to strengthen these with might in their inner man, that Christ may be formed in them through faith and that they'd be rooted and grounded in love, that they may truly come to know the length and depth and height and breadth and fully know by experience for themselves the love of God, which far surpasses mere intellect or knowledge that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they may walk in a manner worthy of you fully pleasing you at all times bearing fruit in every good deed and increasing in the knowledge of you strengthened with all might in their inner man by the power of your resurrection life in them oh that you would bless them indeed that you would enlarge their territory, that you would keep them from evil and the evil one, that they may not cause pain in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you'd give us greater revelation of the love of God that the enemy has tried to steal from us. We've looked for the love of God in other people. We've looked for it in our own pleasures. We've looked for it in other things. We've looked for it in our own selfish ability to try to be right or righteous. Give us revelation of the true love of God that it flows out of mercy and grace. And that it's not somewhere out there, it is in us. The love of God has been poured out in us by the Holy Spirit. Oh God, revelation, dear Lord, of your love. revelation and God I ask you for the encouragement of a manifestation of that love in all of these expedite it God bring it to pass now tangibly express your mighty love we know oh God that it's by faith we connect with your love but you know how weak we are and you know we need a little encouragement sometimes so I'm asking you to tangibly express the love that we know by faith is already there. Show us where we believe the lies, Lord. Where the enemy through those lies has robbed us of the revelation of your love. We fear lack, we fear disease, we fear failure, we, feel re we fear rejection. Have mercy on us, Lord. Help us to know that the revelation of your love destroys the roots of all of that. Don't you know how much Dean and I love you? We want to give the Lord credit and praise. We didn't schedule any meetings or a big hoopla. These next few days represent 25 years of Steve Franklin Ministries. We praise the Lord for his mighty faithfulness to us. We praise him for the love of God that gave us the strength to get through a lot of stuff. We praise the Lord that he has brought such a faith family to us. Not just here, but really people hearing this message all over the country and even the world. 
people say that can't happen, that'll never work. And the word we always get is you don't pass an offering and you don't meet one Sunday out of the month. There's no way. very foundation of this ministry a man made an appointment with me to meet a very wealthy man in the city and he looked at me in the eye at a restaurant and he said 25 years ago well how are you going to get how are you going to raise your money I had a plan but the Lord had nixed it in a conversation with me in my basement so I had to tell him what God said. Here's what he said. You get the word out. I get the money in. So I scrapped my plan that day. I can't tell you that I thought that was a good plan. But that was God's plan. So I told this man that plan that day, and he looked at me square in the eye, and he said, that will never work. So Father, today I want to praise you and give you thanks. <laughs> it's not for everybody, but for 25 years, what you told me in the basement so long ago. we love you and I pray for you desperately and daily. May the Lord bless you and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.